Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Matthew Streb, and I serve as an elder here in our, in our congregation. Let us now prepare our hearts for worship as we bow our heads for the prayer of invocation. Ruler of all, Lord, whose glory surrounds our unseeing eyes, our muffled hearing, and our dulled emotions, come to awaken us to the mystery of your will. Speak to us a word of truth that reveals our deceit and leads us away from falsehood. Touch us with healing grace that allows us to admit our woundedness and accept the comfort you offer. Let your spirit move among us so we may recognize your presence in one another and in our own lives. May our response to you be faithful and our praise genuine. Amen. Let us praise God through our worship.
in body or spirit, let us stand for the responsive call to worship that you will find on page three of your bulletin. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who is this King of Glory? Who is this King of Glory? Let us worship God. Peace is the heirloom promised to us. Forgiveness is the inheritance passed on to us through Christ. May we know God's peace and be healed of our brokenness as we confess our sin together, saying the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Why are we always willing to descend into the worst areas life offers to us? but reluctant to come into your presence, Holy One. Why can we stand on sin's shaky foundations, yet find it impossible to dance in your joy? Why are we so quick to trumpet our hollow achievements and do not seem to be able to hear your whispers of hope for us? Forgive us, Grace's glory, and fill us with your mercy. May we set our hope in Jesus Christ, who came so we might become your children, inheritors of love,
peace and faithfulness forever. Amen. In Christ, God's salvation has come. God's peace kisses our cheeks, wiping away our tears, and faithfulness takes us by the hand to lead us home to God. God has called us. God has claimed us. God has redeemed us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. And let us now say together what we believe as written in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now with joy in our hearts, let us share the peace of Christ with one another. Peace be with you. Good morning. good morning. So good to have you this day on this wonderful day where we get to worship God and get to be together as God's people. We're glad that you're with us today. It's just always such a nice thing to remember that 
all we were looking at were masks not too long ago, so it's just nice to be able to see people's faces and rejoice, and everybody keeps sort of trickling back, and we're grateful that you're here, and we hope that you'll find this to be uh, your spiritual home going forward as we make our way out of the COVID pandemic. Lots of things to look forward to, lots of things for you to be praying about in the upcoming weeks. We have our big day of hope next Saturday, so please be praying for that as we welcome 250 families of uh, children who are either homeless or on the verge of homelessness, and we're here to take care of them as they get ready to go back to school, so keep that in your prayers. Thank you for all those who have volunteered and were ready to go, and we hope that uh, we'll have a great day next Saturday. And then the day before, on Friday, we will be sending off 30 of our high school students along with six adults off to Montreat. Uh, we didn't get to go last year and so there's a big uh, empty space there that they're anxious to fill. So keep them in your prayers as off they go. Keep those six adults especially in your prayers <laughs> as they head off uh, to Montreat and spend some uh, great time together. Uh, we have a little note about confirmation uh, in your bulletin. It says that it's starting in August. Actually it's going to be starting in January, but still feel free to contact Lori Haas or Betsy Morris, and they'll be glad to put, get your name down for the confirmand uh, in your family. We look forward to a couple other youth events. Student Sunday is coming up on August the 8th. Worship Under the Stars is tonight. So uh, those of you who have students in student ministry, we would love for you to come and join us. There's information about that as well, I believe, in your bulletin. So that's going to be an exciting, it's going to be over in the chapel. So feel free to come and join us for that. And Sarasota Young Voices is looking ahead to some auditions and such, and there's an announcement about that in your bulletin. So we are grateful for that, uh, that ministry and that great musical uh, organization coming back together again as well. And we welcome to our pulpit today, Genevieve Beauchamp, who is not a stranger to any of us. Uh, many of you know that she is a student at the University of Dubuque Theological Seminary, entering her last year this coming year. She's also under care of the Peace River Presbytery. So we look forward to having Genevieve deliver the word for us this day. Let's continue our worship.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful in this new morning that we have a new morning in which to be grateful. We are grateful for new mornings. We are grateful that you saw fit to cast this tiny blue dot of earth into an orbit around a star, into a spin on its axis such that every 24 hours the sun would on cue peek above the horizon and cast its rays upon green fields, blue waters, and the faces of your children waking from their slumber. We thank you that you chose to break our lives into mornings and evenings, wake and rest, so that we may absorb only as much as we can take in, swallow only as much as we can digest. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, writes the psalmist. And we are grateful that such fullness comes to us one day at a time, for it is as much as we can take, for life is full, full of wonder and beauty, full of sweet daffodils and stinging honeybees, full of laughter and tears, promises and disappointments, full of grief and doubt, sunshine and hurricanes. Life is full of children and old folks, of routine and interruption, birth and death. Life can sometimes be too much and life can sometimes be not enough. Some nights bring sleep, some nights bring restlessness, some days bring accomplishment, some days bring spinning wheels. Nevertheless, the sun makes its way across the canopy of heaven and drops below the sea, and there's another day, a day you call good, because life is good in all its fullness, as hard and as beautiful and as uncertain and as magical and as mysterious as it is. Life is full and good. So we pray for the grace we need to live this full and good life. Give us grace to see the splendor in front of us, grace to cope with the weight upon our shoulders, grace to hold the hand of a frightened friend, grace to savor the flavors of our favorite dish, grace to stand up for someone who's being stepped on, grace to learn something we've never known, grace to walk a mile in someone else's shoes, grace to cry aloud over the absent seat at our table, grace to lay down our arms, grace to fall in love, and grace to stay in love. Give us grace to do a cannonball into the deep end of life and allow the fullness to envelop us and hold us and carry us, for such is the earth and the fullness thereof. For we pray it in thanksgiving and in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Life is full and fuller still when we give ourselves the chance to respond in gratitude. 
We're not yet passing the plate, but baskets await us at the doors on our way out. And as many of you are doing, you can also give electronically in the ways outlined on the back of your bulletin. Let us now continue our worship in gratitude. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful for these gifts given by your generous people. Use these gifts, O oh Lord, to love other people and always in a way that gives you glory. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are again this week taking a break from the Chapel Window series. I had an assignment with my seminary studies in the spring. I was to plan a worship service around the Common Revised Lectionary, which will be following again in the fall. Pastor Steve graciously assigned me this date of July 11. The texts for today, I must say, surely were exciting to say the least, especially for a very green preacher. On the surface, you will see that one text describes King David's joyful dance for the Lord while wearing little more than his birthday suit. The second text recalls the events that led to the death of John the Baptist. Both texts actually have a lot in common, and during the reading, 
I invite you to be also looking for similarities in these two stories. Let us pray. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and be taught your will for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear now the word of the Lord. A reading from 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 12b. So David went and brought up the ark of, the, of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. A reading from Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the word of the Lord. In our two texts today, 
we find several interesting parallels, and I hope you were able to catch a few of them. There are two kings, one anointed by God, one who is not. There are two wives, and both of them have let bitterness dictate their behavior. Michael, the daughter of Saul and the wife of David, is ashamed of her husband for his behavior, which was far from the expected dignity a man of his stature should have displayed. Herodias, wife of Herod, is hostile toward John the Baptist because he kept reminding her husband that the king was not following the law by marrying her as she had been his brother's wife. Then we have two dances. David dances freely before the Lord with God as his only audience. Salome, daughter of Herodias, performs for all to watch with an agenda looking to gain something. In both stories, what jumps out is the missed opportunity to stand up for what is right. David's wife stays off the dance floor as he's abandoning himself to God along with all the men of Israel. Instead of joining in the festivities, she stays there watching and letting indignation conquer her thoughts. She worries about him being judged. She wonders if people will stop thinking of him as a king. And now Herod made a big promise to his stepdaughter following her captivating dance. And when she announces what she desires, which is the head of John the Baptist, his fear of judgment from his peers is greater than his desire to stand up for a man he knows to be righteous and holy. So many missed opportunities to join in the good dance. The good dance is both vertical and horizontal. It may look very different from one person to the next, but it is what we offer to God with only God as the audience. And it is the dance that invites also our community to join us because we know that this is the dance that speaks the truth of Christ. It is in that dance that we are most free to love, to give, and to live to the fullest. That good dance can make people uncomfortable just like Michael was. I can share with you that I too have been uncomfortable, maybe even a little ashamed by others' actions, by their too intense love of God. So intense that I wanted to crawl under my piano. And I say piano because I was actually teaching piano from home for many years. And this wonderful family that came to my house for piano lessons really, really loved God. They were thanking God every other sentence. They were quoting scripture every tenth sentence. They were living, breathing God, and it was so beautiful. Mom and dad would come to the lesson and listen to every instruction I gave to their children. They were homeschooling the kids with a focus on God, and again, it was so, so beautiful until, until, the parents decided that while the children were receiving teaching from me, they would walk up and down my street and share their wonderful love for God with my neighbors. Oh, dear God. 
I, our little dead end street was so special with very friendly people in every house, but most of them were not church goers. So I became suddenly very, very uncomfortable. On the one hand, I didn't want my neighbors to know that that knock on their door was all because of me teaching this family. On the other hand, I also worried about the reception my neighbors would give them, mean looks and slamming the door rudely or rejecting words in a short tone of voice. But that would never stop these two God-loving people because they did this a lot. These people dance in front of the Lord with all their might. The rejection does not affect them. The uncomfortable looks like mine did not stop them. I wondered why I reacted the way I did, why I did not stand up for them. Because truly, it is beautiful to watch them perform for their audience of one like David did. All they're looking to do, it is to invite others to join them in the good dance through their incredible zeal for the Lord. It may not be the way you and I choose to dance to show our love of God, but I can now see and admire how these people never miss the opportunity to invite others to join them. There's so much weight we carry when we don't stand up for what is right. It makes it impossible to dance. Martin Niemöller was a conservative German pastor who was originally enthusiastic about the Third Reich coming into power, but there came a turning point when Niemöller met Hitler, and in the meeting, there was strong evidence that Niemöller was under surveillance because him, along with other Protestant bishops, were concerned about the state's pressure on the churches. Following the meeting, Niemöller would come to see the Nazi state as a dictatorship. It took time for him to say something, and when he denounced the Nazi control on the church, it eventually landed him in concentration camps for several years. He realized he had missed some big opportunity to stand up for others and would forever live with a regret. He's well known for this quote. First they came for the communist, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. I have a longtime friend with whom I have shared many experiences over the years, a true God-fearing woman, she loves the Lord with all her heart, and I always enjoyed laughing with her. She has great gifts, and we've had great conversations. We do think very differently on many topics, and it was never an issue as we always respected each other. Our differences never got in the way of our friendship. But you know how it's been. Not only did we have a pandemic crisis, but we've also been faced with really divisive issues. Politics, of course, 
Then people had strong opinions on getting the vaccine or not getting it, and black life matters, all lives matter, LGBTQ support or not, the virus is real or it's not, masks works or they don't, we believe in science or we don't. Do you remember any other time where there were so many issues all at once? We've been on a dance floor with 10 different bands playing all at the same time, and it's been hard to hear each other. Back to my friend. I didn't see her because of the shutdown. We could have stayed in touch by phone, but we didn't. And she, then she started using her voice on social media in a way that irritated me. She'd post things that I disagreed with, and it seems like all she wa wanted was to add a lot of fuel on already heated topics. I started forgetting about our good times, and eventually I got tired of her online voice, and I used that little feature in social media settings that allows you to hide posts from friends. I clicked here, I clicked there, and just like that, I silenced her. No more of her annoying posts. Well, many, many months passed, and I didn't hear from her, she didn't hear from me. I forgot the laughter, her great gifts, our great conversations, just remembered her posts. Nearly a year after our last interaction, she asked to see me for a coffee. Oh, great, I thought. We set a date, I went very reluctantly, remembering all the things she had written. And before we even sat down, tears started rolling down her face. You see, in the year that I had clicked to silence her online, her marriage went downhill. They had lost all of their finances. She ended up in the hospital with very, very serious health issues, and not good because I already knew that she had no medical coverage. This friend of mine, a friend I had shared so many years of laughter and good experience with, this friend wrote things I didn't agree with, and I shut her down. Her online voice was nothing like the voice I got to hear that morning. This imaginary presence of social media completely took over our real human contact. Friendships and family relationships have been lost in the last years. We danced with political leaders and social media rather than dancing with our friends and family. We are all presented with opportunities to stand up for what we know God wants us to do. Our fear of conflict or our need to be right can easily overwhelm us and prevent us from entering that dance that brings us closer to God's kingdom. We step off the dance floor like Michael did. Anytime we turn away from a situation that needs intervention, we turn down an invitation from God to take a step forward into Christ's path. What causes us to behave like this? All these fears of judgment and fears of speaking out weigh so much on our shoulders. Silence is heavy, believe it or not. But when we let go of our fears, we release the weight of the world from our shoulders. I think it's so well illustrated with David removing his royal vestment so he can fully celebrate 
Did you ever try dancing with a big purse, a loaded backpack, or a heavy winter jacket on? <laughs> the lighter the load, the easier it is to dance. David removed his royal vestments to dance. And by doing so, he removed all the things that identified him among his peers, his royal status, his power, his weapons, his ancestry. And with no care in the world, he let go of everything earthly to rejoice in the Lord. He joined the lowest rank of people, humbled himself, and worshiped God with the greatest vulnerability. What would dancing with complete abandonment look like for you? The best way to be in communion with God is to let go of the resistance we have, to drop our mental weapons and to bring as many people as possible into our dance. God wants us to expose ourselves to uncomfortable situations and to react to them with our Christian joy, not to hide behind a fortress or to watch from the window. Will we be judged sometimes for taking a stand? Oh, certainly. But there are so many missed opportunities that come our way, and we don't see them because our eyes are closed. Let me give you one that is coming up. Many children next year will struggle immensely with school after the year we've had. Some did well with learning from home, but even many smart and driven children I know have given up working hard because of having too little supervision. With no community of students and teachers around them, they gave up. This will lead to a sense of failure. It will perhaps drive them to the edge. So this is an opportunity for us to sign up for tutoring or to invest in building relationships with kids in the youth program here or by encouraging a child from Wilkinson or from Sarasota Young Voices even because our kids need it now. And this is just an example of an opportunity that's easy to pass by, but that could make all the difference. How about the hungry people and the increase in demand in our food pantry? Many of you have already joined in the good dance by serving there. Our local community is wonderfully filled with nonprofits that serve people in need. The opportunities are so easy to find, yet so easy not to take. We carry so much weight because we want to be right. We don't want to be judged. We choose silence, which all ends up being very heavy. And when we drop the cloak that holds all our resistance, all the things that hold us back from living a full life, Christ is there, hand extended out, inviting us into the good dance. Our final song uses the tune of an old Shaker hymn. In 1848, the original author Joseph Brackett said it best. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in a place just right, 
will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. Oh, no.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Thank you.